0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith
1: We will live this life and never truly feel at home in this world. God put eternity in our hearts. We will never truly find satisfaction in this present life. Yes, when we find God, there's a, a peace and there's a completeness. But we were made to live with God in heaven forever. And we will always feel, as we journey through this world, a sense of we're just passing through. We're just journeying through. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see.
0: You're changing our lives. We all feel a discomfort and dissatisfaction with life. If we sit long enough, all of us will come to an understanding that we don't quite feel right here on earth. The temporary nature and the sinful nature of our world doesn't feel right. Today, Pastor Ed tells us that's because we belong in an eternal existence with God. God is the Lord of time, and He has set things up in cycles that, if we're willing to look, point us to Him. He has set us here, in our specific generation, to contribute and to be seeking Him. Now, here's Pastor Ed with today's message The Days of Our Lives. In
1: faith. We're going to open up to the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to just read one verse, but this one verse is a key that literally unlocks all 15 verses. From chapter 3, verse 1, all the way to chapter 3, verse 15. Now, in this passage of Scripture is one of the most well-known poems, pieces of poetry in the Old Testament, and especially in the book of Ecclesiastes. Verse 14, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. The New Revised Standard Version. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before before him. That's verse 14. I'll read it again. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing taken away from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before of Him. The title of the message is The Days of Our Lives. This passage of Scripture is the key that opens up verses one through 15 and helps us to understand what God is literally saying. To us let's pray. Father, take your word, speak to us, write it on the tablestone of our heart. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our word, our, our walk. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Amen. Anybody running for political office today, especially if it is a national office, is going to run into difficulty if they say they believe that creation was made by the creator. As soon as you bring God into the discussion and you present the God of Scripture, as someone who is involved intimately in the affairs of men, suddenly there is a firestorm of criticism that the media throws at you, that the liberal press throws at you, that people in general shower that candidate with. But there's a vast difference between those who truly believe in the creator, God, who is involved in our daily lives, and in some God who is distant, wound up the clock, walked away, and is not involved in the affairs of mankind. And those who say, God doesn't exist. The paradigm through which they view life and live life is dramatically ex- different. Different. As soon as you take God out of the equation, you empty life of its meaning. As soon as you live as though God weren't around, you take the purpose out of living. Now I'm going to read some of the words of an existential philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre. He, brilliant man, but he reflects a lot of philosophers who exclude God. This is what he says. It was true. I had always realized it. I hadn't any right to exist at all. I had appeared by chance. I existed like a stone, a plant, a microbe. I could feel nothing to myself but an inconsequential buzzing. I was thinking that here we are eating and drinking to preserve our precious existence and that there's nothing, nothing, absolutely no reason for existing. No, if we're just a product of some evolutionary process... If we're just merely an accident, right on. Right on. But once you put God in the equation and you begin to think about a creator, it changes everything. A preacher in Scotland, Thomas Boston, a theologian preacher, he said this. Each generation has its work assigned by the sovereign Lord. And each person in the generation has his also. And now is our time. We could not be useful in the generation that went before us. For then we were not. Nor can we be useful personally in that which shall come after us. For then we shall be off the stage. Now is our time. Let us not neglect usefulness in our generation. God is saying in Ecclesiastes 1 through 15 through Solomon. That our lives. Our times. Are in his hands. That he is sovereign. Ruler over time. Now, as you look at the Bible text, the first thing that you note is this beautiful poem. Now, Job, I love what Job says when he looks at life. He says this, but Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. He's talking to his wife. He says, Oh, go commit suicide because bad things have happened to you. He said, You talk like a foolish woman woman, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Now, Job was recognizing that life is filled with ups and downs, with, with good and with bad, with wonderful times and times that aren't so wonderful. And what Solomon is saying, he he actually has 14 couplets, and they have activities that cover life. And really what he's doing is he's, he's talking about the extremes. And what he's doing is he's covering everything in between. He's saying that God is intimately involved with every area of our lives. In verse One, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Every activity under heaven. A time for everything. God is sovereign over the times and seasons of our lives. That's what Solomon is saying. When he says a time to be born and a time to die, you had nothing to do with your birth. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose the time. You didn't choose the continent. A time to be born. Then a time to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. We all have an appointment with death. And what it's doing is... Solomon is taking both ends of the spectrum and he's including everything in between. See, God's involved in the times and seasons of our life. It's a time to plant and a time to uproot. I wouldn't advise any of us go out and plant a fig tree out today. Wouldn't be ideal time to do it. What he's saying is there's a time to plant. These are things that God has set up to go against it To violate it is only to harm ourselves. God has set these boundaries, these seasons. And when we recognize and live within those, we experience and we can experience God's presence in our life and his help through those various times. A time to kill and a time to heal Uh, It's a time for judgment where those who have broken God's law and killed others, their lives will be taken. Or in war, a time to heal, a time to tear down. You, you tear down the old and you build the new. With buildings, there's a life cycle to, to buildings. In our own lives, there's a, a life cycle. And you, you're building up and old age, you're, you're tearing down. you the text seems to get smaller and smaller. Voices get lower and lower. The steps seem to get higher and higher. They're built into the cycle of life. The idea, one generation comes, and then it goes, and another generation comes. God has set these boundaries these seasons into our life, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and to dance. You don't want to laugh at the wrong time. I remember as a young man, I, I went to a funeral and I got nervous. I don't know if any, any of you have ever experienced this, but I got nervous in the funeral and I was sitting in the front and I started to laugh. And they, nobody was making jokes. They were serious. And so I put my head down and I said, oh, i got to make believe I'm crying or something because I couldn't stop laughing. See, you don't want to be laughing at the wrong time and crying at the wrong time. The, everything is appropriate. That's a gamut of emotions. There, there's... A place on the journey for all these different things. A time to scatter stones. When enemy armies would occupy Israel, they would take stones and put them in the field so that they couldn't plant and then harvest those plants. Time to take those stones back. And it goes on to say a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. I think about when you're young, you're gathering. You're buying, you're saving, you're storing. When you get older, the garage sales, the attic sale, you, you know, you're downsizing, you're giving and getting rid of things. There's a, there's a proper time in all of our lives for these things. You, you don't try and just sidestep it, but you recognize the times and the seasons of our lives are in the hands of God. And he has ordained them. And so live within them. Recognize that. Where it's not arbitrary, but it's designed by God. There's a time to tear, meaning to repent and weep before God. There's a time to mend. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. Hate that which is wrong. Time to love that which is good. So he goes through all of the cycles of life. And he says, notice this. That God has ordained them. That God has put them in the cycle of our lives. He is Lord over time. And then he goes over and tells us there's a purpose In the times and seasons. He first asks a question. In verse 9. What does a worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. If you live life under the sun. Excluding God. What happens in life. Is life is just one heavy burden. Without rhyme or reason or meaning. You say. What's the purpose of it all? What's the reason of everything? It just won't make sense. But when you begin to think about God and recognize this that he is sovereign over times and seasons, you'll begin to see there's a purpose in the times and seasons of life. And what he says in verse 11a, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Everything beautiful in his time. There is beauty in the times of season. Wait a minute. Do you mean in the difficult, dark times there's beauty? Yes. If you look to God and you say, God, help me to see. Remember Joseph, sold by his brothers, betrayed and wronged by Potiphar's wife, falsely accused. Then forgotten in prison. Left. Just forgotten completely. But then God lifts Joseph up. If you wait upon God, even in the most difficult of circumstances, he will show you beauty. He will show you good. How many know Nicholas Herman. I don't mean personally, but he was born in France in 1605 at the beginning of the 30-year war. He, as a teenager, entered into the service, was severely wounded after service. He went out and worked various jobs, but he felt that his life was literally insignificant. And so he decided to go into a monastery, into a cloister. And so he went Uh, to the Carmelite Monastery. And there they gave him the great job of working in the kitchen. He felt humiliated, and he complained and grumbled in his spirit and heart for several years. And then one day, he looked at what he was becoming, and he didn't like it. And so he said, I'm going to seek God in this. And he began to seek God in the midst of this work that he felt was absolutely insignificant. And as he began to seek God, people noticed a change in him, a joy, a peace. And they asked him, why are you so different? And he began to tell them about the presence of God in his life. And then he wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God. You know him as Brother Lawrence. That book literally impacted the church around the world. God could make something beautiful out of something difficult. Good times come into our lives and bad times come into our lives. There are times of laughter, there's times of weeping. There's times of pain and there's times of joy. If we recognize that God is sovereign over the times and seasons and he has set this in this world... And we're a part of it. And this sovereign God can help us if we put our lives in his hands. My times are in your hands, the psalmist would say. Not only is there beauty, there is an eternal perspective. God did something in each one of his children, in each one of his creation. He didn't do it for animals. He did it for people. The Bible says that he put eternity in their heart. So we have an eternal perspective. We will live this life and never truly feel at home in this world. God put eternity in our hearts. We will never truly find satisfaction in this present life. Yes, when we find God, there's a peace, there's a completeness. But we were made to live with God in heaven forever. And we will always feel, as we journey through this world, a sense of we're just passing through. We're just journeying through. And so God has put eternity in our hearts. And because of that also, we know that there's more than just this life. You know, with the years as they pass on, and, and people that are older can share and identify with what I'm saying, there's so many things you'd love to do. So many things that you feel like, boy, I'd like to do this and that and the other. And life isn't long enough to complete the things that you'd like to do. But God has an eternity for us. And he wants us to recognize that. And we see that something's wrong. Everything seems to be temporal. That's because we're eternal. We're made in the image of God. We're made to look for something beyond this present life. And so there's a holy discontent. And there's also this sense that, you know, it has to be more than just this present life. We want to live longer. We want more years. And that's a reflection of eternity in our hearts. So God's purpose, when we go through these things, it reminds us with the the change. One generation coming and another generation going and one, the sun rising and the sun setting, this constant rhythm of nature, this constant continual similarity between what was and is and shall be. It helps us to realize, wait a minute, there's something more. There's something more. Now, not only are we to have that response, that there's something beautiful in life and there's eternity set in our hearts and that informs us on how we face the various seasons of life. But God has done this to be reverence, to be revered, to be honored for the times and seasons of life. It says this, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it so men will revere him. What it's saying is this, Control isn't in your hands. It's in his hands. And he does it so that we will recognize we think we may control things. We think we may control. No, no, no. He controls it. And he wants mankind to realize that he is in control so that they will reverence, revere him. And, and that means that I'm going to trust in his sovereignty if you look at the text, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere him. See, what God does is absolutely complete. I write an article for the bulletin and my wife edits it and then they send it to the editor and then they edit to edit it. They always are finding mistakes or things that can be improved on. Anything that we do, it's incomplete, it's, it's, it's imperfect. We renovated 80,000 square feet at Casperkill, and we tried to set the offices up, the rooms up, and everything up. We thought it through, prayed about it, thought it through, talked it through, debated it. But after it, afterwards, we realized, man, we'd do this different, that different, the other thing different. But when God does something, He does it perfect the first time.
0: Building in faith. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith as Dr. Ed Jones shares truth and wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes. We pray that you've been encouraged by today's message and that you desire to seek God's will for your own life. Following God is an adventure, but it's filled with the freedom that grace provides and blessings beyond compare. Would you like to know more about having a relationship with God? We'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 845-462-5955 and let us share how Jesus has changed our lives. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the activities for your family at Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and we'd be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent in fellowship with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all He's done for us. Give us a call for more information. Our number again is 845-462-5955. We hope today's message has blessed you and that no matter what's happening in your life right now, you're tuning in to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues his study in Ecclesiastes. Your